Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is the Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by a couple of former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while we're watching a classic show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And I am the one who was, or the one who is. Wait, no, I think I'm the one who will be. I am I am the one who ain't. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm Victor. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I have something exciting today, guys. <gasps> yeah. I'm having CBD tea. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Jafar always gets to do his CBD tea voice. This is mine. It's nice. It's solid. You're doing well. Um, I want CBD tea now. <laughs> Actually, should, Pause the I'm podcast, doing. everyone. That is a beautiful mug, by the way, for the listeners who uh, on the audio version, uh, Laura has this beautiful Babylon 5 mug with the Earth Alliance logo on it. It's, oh my God, that's amazing. Guess who got it for me? <laughs> I did. Does, does his name start with an X? It does, yeah. yeah. One uh, of my many I, friends I, whose name starts with X. <laughs> I have a beer stein that was done the same way. Yeah. Nice. As well. That's, That's pretty like cool. Oh, a stein. Big, yeah, it's a big boy. A stein. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But today, I think Victor's going to ask us some questions. I do have a question for you two here today and it comes in the form of a puzzle or a, a game oh no <laughs> or yeah it's real quick but it's a lot of fun and okay, okay so you you have your, your pencils ready yes okay i do now i'm gonna start a timer here oh, i'm gonna no. give you it, it's it's fun it's not uh no pressure okay no pressure at all i feel uh, pressure let me see i'll just give you 15 seconds that's good oh is that all guess. yeah oh. <laughs> all right now just for now make a list from top to bottom, first thing that comes to your head, don't think about it too much. Can you name the seven deadly sins? Go. And pencils down. Okay. All right. Oh, so how many boy. did you guys get? Um, I got four. four. I got six. How many did you get, Laura? I think. Wow. Okay. Okay, Javier, give us your list first. I got gluttony, wrath. Lust and that's it. Sloth? That's all you know. That's good right there. Because okay. it's a little game that's the first couple that you think of are the ones you are most guilty of. Oh, no. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Do we want to know the ones that Laura's guilty of? Yes, we do. The, the audience is dying to know. <laughs> What's in the box? Lust, sloth, greed, gluttony, pride, wrath. That's the six. Not at all what I would have guessed. <laughs> Aaron's going to be smiling at this one. <laughs> but, uh, and just for, you know, just to be fair, uh, first time I did this, the only one I could think of was lust and sloth. So. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the rest. <laughs> I, I'm really sad about the seventh now. I don't remember what it is. Pride, envy. Envy, that's uh, it. Envy. That ah, okay, sweet. Mm. Yeah, not jealous people here. That's awesome. So the <laughs> one that you had first to fare was? Gluttony. Gluttony. Which is 100% true. Awesome. Oh, I'm going to leave mine at no comment. Thanks. <laughs> sweet. That's fun. Well, speaking of lust, it's a very apropos because there is a bit of sinning from our dead returning, mm, uh, and we true. we get more than one. And not that I uh, judge, uh, because <laughs> I definitely live in a glass house, so I throw no stones. Word, but we have some interesting interactions uh, that involve, I would say, pride, gluttony, lust. You know that we kind of run the gamut here, envy. With our dead characters returning from the dead in season five, episode eight, Day of the Dead. <laughs> this is this one is of the my streak breaker. episodes. Streak Breaker. Yeah. So before this, every episode since season two was written by Joe Michael Straczynski. Yes. Indeed. So all of season three, all of season four, the back chunk of season two, and up until this point in season five, all solo writing credits. Wow. No way. So, JMS yep. wrote all everything up to this point. You're well, kidding me. Well, there, there's, I want to say, a dozen episodes before this that uh, were written by other authors. Okay. Uh, but they're all in season two or season one. Right. And did I read the credits correctly on this? Neil oh, you Gaiman did. Oh, you sure Neil did. Gaiman. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like that, the same Neil Gaiman? <laughs> the, yep. the Neil Gaiman. Yeah. 
he was less famous then than he is now, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but was Wik- still well known. Did we discuss Wikipedia, this before though. that it was right around the time that he came out with American Gods when this episode came out? Um, when I think American Gods was the two early 2000s, I want, I want to say 2002, off the cuff. Yeah. I'm not 100% on I feel that. like early 2000s feels right. I thought we might have discussed this with Yum Yum Pod, yeah. but I cannot remember. Yeah. This is 98 uh, when okay. this episode aired. So, so he could certainly written... have been writing it if it had not come out yet. Yeah, I'm sure he had been, he had gone on record of saying that he wrote that book for 10 years before it was released. Oh, so, well, fair enough. Yeah, regardless of when work. it was released. <laughs> it definitely is. But yeah. Um, I know he wrote Good Omens. I'm trying to... Yes, with Terry Pratchett. I I always get this guy confused. Is he the same? He's not the same one who did the turtle with the elephants on the Oh, Terry Pratchett is the one who did Discworld. Yes. Terry Pratchett is the other guy who wrote Good Omens. Terry Pratchett wrote that together. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I I think his most successful work at this point would have been the Sandman comics. Mm -hmm. We talked about this when we talked about this episode over on Yum Yum Podcast, which, (laughs) by the way, we'll give another shout out to. Because we guessed it over there for their coverage of this episode. Um, and I did profess my love for Neil Gaiman at that point, mm-hmm. And I went on a bit of a, I don't know, a, a, a tirade, perhaps. Tangent. A just a tangent. A tangent <laughs> about, about Neil Gaiman. So I, I will not repeat myself and instead encourage you, listener, if you want to hear me talk <laughs> a bunch about Neil Gaiman, to go listen to Yum Yum Podcast coverage of this episode. And also, they're a delight. Yeah. Was it a wrathful rant there, Jafar? Not really. No, <laughs> probably not. Lustful. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely closer. So we open on this episode with fucking Penn and Teller coming through space TSA. I was so excited when I started this episode for the rewatch for this podcast because I forgot that this was the Rebo and Zudi episode. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because there wasn't enough going on. So we need yeah. Penn and Teller and this guy, too. <laughs> and also, speaking of credits, did I also read that correctly, that Harlan Ellison was the voice of Zudi in this episode? Apparently so. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> was it going to be Teller? Right, right. Can't, right. <laughs> can't break that magic. I remember... and. I think I did talk about this on Yum Yum Pod, but I'm going to share it with these listeners anyway, that when I first got a copy of American Gods, <laughs> it had a review on the back. You know how the books have the little reviews from people to be yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a great book. One of the reviews was from Teller of Penn and Teller. And I oh, was wow. like, but he's not supposed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he did like the book. Nice. Yeah. I'm nice. going to have to check my copy now to see who the reviews are. Yeah. You should. On the back. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, th- this opening with them uh, doing their shenanigans there at the customs agent, that just that's just another sign that this was written in the 90s, back when you could have gotten away with doing this shit at the airport without getting tased. So. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine trying to come through actual United States TSA right now with a person in a bag? In a bag, yeah, with a little puppet popping out now. They would have fucking tackled you and... There would have been a crowd of people day. putting it on YouTube and it would have been on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not fun just flying with a cooler for medical reasons. So a person in a bag <laughs> seems hard. After this, uh, we get a little bit overheard about the Brakiri Death Comet and for some reason, Sugar Skulls. This reminded me so much of when I was uh, a young kid just before this even came out because it brought back memories of when we would go to my grandmother's house in Corpus Christi on my mother's side of the family, the Mexican side of my family from Matamoros, and we would celebrate Day of the Dead. And I just remember going crazy for these little skull lollipops that we always had. And, you know, I talked to my mother about this over the holidays and asked her, about like when we would do that and either her memory's fucked up or my memory's fucked up because she was like like no he thought we never celebrated day of the dead i'm like what <laughs> she was like no we did then she told me we did all saints day which was november 1st and a completely different thing so i don't know huh. either i mean she's 71 uh, i'm 41 so you know our memories are all over the place so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i do very specifically remember 
those delicious ass skull lollipops that had like an orange cream and a black border. I don't know. All I know is that around Halloween time was the only time I could get them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> those were delicious. So we need to go on a hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been Googling. I've been trying to find it. <laughs> oh, they have to be. You have to be able to Amazon those. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to be. And I, I noticed here that we are rewatching this. This is something I didn't realize when I first saw Babylon 5 when I was a kid. But I read in the Wikipedia that, or the Babel, Babylon 5-pedia, that JMS purposely based this on Dia de los Muertos, this holiday here. Mm-hmm. But rewatching this, seeing the Brakiri with, you know, what do we know about the Brakiri? They got a big crime syndicate. They celebrate Day of the Dead. Some of their crime syndicate guys tattoo their faces. They mm-hmm. slick back their hair and they wear suits with the top button buttoned. And I'm watching this and I'm realizing, oh, they're space cholos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a question here. Um, not for the, this group in particular, but just in general. It's just, it's so Neil Gaiman to take a line of dialogue and go, oh, there should, there, if you are a carbon based life form who can metabolize sugar, then they're candy. Otherwise, they're a decoration, but not say anything about why the fuck aliens are doing the Mexican sugar skulls. <laughs> like, is it, did they co-opt it? Is it some weird they visited and influenced Mexican culture in the past kind of a thing? I am down for that fan theory. Or hey. is it just the same thing on complete cosmic accident? Because oh. all three could work for these two authors. I am head Gaiman. 5,000 years before this episode started, the last time they had the comet came through, somehow the Brakiri gods got their paperwork mixed up and they thought the Aztec cities were part of Brakiri. And they uh. somehow got transported into the last day of the dead celebration. <laughs> I'm no historian, but I think 5,000 years ago would have been Aztec time maybe oh. I don't know. i'm probably wrong you can Listeners, throw I'm any sure history number me. at me and i will believe you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah the other thing i didn't realize i should have like paused on the screen and asked do these skulls look brakiri shaped <laughs> they did not little... particularly or are they human shaped did you think they did I, I thought they did. Well, hang on. I got the. Let me rewind it. I got the episode on my TV right here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please tell us. Yeah, I, I think so. I think their forehead looked a little bulbous. Uh, okay, that's fair somewhat. then. Yeah. Also, oh yeah, they did. They have a weird red semicircle thing behind them to make it look like their cranium is a little. Okay. So yeah, they, they could. Yeah, it's reasonable to say they could be precarious skulls. All right, All right. Yeah. this passes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But what I want to know is, how did he know that Londo was going to be the new, the Bakiri guy who gives Londo the candy skull? How did he know that he was going to be the emperor? I'm just it's assuming. literally in the newspaper in the next scene. But see, now I thought that he couldn't be emperor until the regent dies. Is that what it is? Or am I just, it, am I remembering it wrong? It's in the paper that Londo is the next emperor. In the like next scene, um, because now thanks to the HD upgrade, we can read the newspaper props. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like he's he's got the newspaper open and he's got the bottom of it open, right? Yeah, and it's like in the very bottom corner, and it's like maybe like maybe five percent of the page, like it's a very tiny little article, and then he flips it over, and in giant letters it's rebo and zooty visit right. babylon 5 all over it <laughs> sure yeah. but it is like in the news i think it's supposed to be some bullshit mysticism thing to get to what you're actually asking it feels like that but it is like it is known at this point okay i guess that would make sense if he was i'm gonna have to rewatch this whole season because it, it i remember it being a surprise the next episode when... is him going to centauri prime to become yeah. the emperor so yeah, because I, I thought I thought Regent Celine, what is his name? Marini Celine. Verini. Verini, yeah. I thought he had to die before Londo became emperor. So yeah, I, I don't know. That just seemed a little weird to me. I thought of him as just a placeholder and like 
Yeah. And yeah. I know we don't usually elect emperors, but I guess in my head, they were going <laughs> to elect an emperor. <laughs> yeah, because no, at this point... I think point... they say the Centaurum votes for emperor. Okay, okay. Do they? I think okay. that happens. Because yeah. I know at this point, Londo is the prime minister. So, I don't know. I don't know. The Centauri yeah. Yeah. It's all like hand yeah. baby. It's fine, Victor. Don't That's worry fine. about yeah. it. It, it feels a lot like Russia. Like, you know who's in charge. <laughs> Right, like we don't have to do this thing. Speaking of hand wavy, I know I've said this before, but I I love that the fact that they think newspapers are still going to be around <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things. It's like hmm, in the '90s we were really thinking, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me wonder what people are going to say about modern sci-fi shows today, fifty years from now. Something oh, yeah. like. Like, oh, God, can you believe these guys? They still use their mouths to talk, you know? <laughs> they still read their text messages with their eyes instead of getting them beamed into their skulls or something. I don't know. Yeah, it'd probably be a lot about, oh, that's clearly a TV screen and not a hologram or something. Yeah, yeah. I got to imagine. I mean, I don't know. That's one of the things I always notice. And I'm all like, oh, that's an old CRT TV. <laughs> like, or not a TV at all and clearly just lights on a cutout of a screen, a black it's screen. It's yeah. very obvious to me now watching Babylon 5 and the HD upgrade that anytime they talk to someone on a screen that it's, it's pre-recorded on a VHS that they stuck in with with the lines and yeah, it's very mm -hmm. obvious to me now. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to, you know, think back when we were kids watching it and it mm -hmm. wasn't obvious back then, but here we are, <laughs> yeah. older and wiser. So we get tonight is the day of the dead, which is a fucking awkward sentence to theme. <laughs> Yeah. When we come back, it's supposed to make us wonder, right? Yeah. Ooh. Well, they have to make the joke later. Well, it's not even a joke, but it's they're nocturnal. Yeah. We got to explain it. But uh, when we come back from theme, Lanier has come to be fucking weird about Delenn's marriage. Ugh. Yeah. How's Lanier. your partner? You mean mm -hmm. my husband, yeah. asshole? Ah, mm. uh, gosh, poor Lanier. Uh, no, we don't, yeah, we don't I know. feel sorry for Lanier. I, I know, but I still feel sorry for Lanier. I, I feel sorry for him in that I feel like the writers did him dirty. Like this Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for Bill Mummy. Yeah. This wasn't actually, my boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I think I still feel more sorry for Delenn because she she's wise. She knows what's going on. She's just trying yeah. to deal with it as well as she can. I mean, what's she going to do? She can't, what's a better thing to do? Fire him? Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, he's a capable ranger whatever his job is he's good at it yeah. <laughs> but yeah well yeah. but uh, so do you yeah. guys think that Lanier really genuinely came back to Babylon 5 because he was curious about Day of the Dead or did he just want an excuse to see Delenn again no I, I buy it it's probably both yeah yeah it can be both it, it but can be both I remember he was like curious about other cultures and stuff when he first came on Babylon 5 and that's right that does fit his character because, yeah, I just remembered when he rebuilt Garibaldi's motorcycle and was fascinated right. with motorcycle culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think this is genuine and honest. And, okay, maybe he did also want to, like, drop by Delenn's quarters, but mm. he's curious about this phenomenon. And it's once every 200 years, guys. Was it 200? I think I thought it said 5,000. Like... It's every 200 years. I'm pretty is it sure. really? Oh, okay. Wow. For some reason, I thought it was 5,000 years. I'm... My brain's all over the place. Okay. Well, if it is every 200 years, then it is also every 5,000 years. <laughs> because those are divisible numbers. <laughs> so you've got that. So you're not wrong, Victor. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, Penn and Teller are like, uh, they're, they're not funny here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're most not definitely not funny at the... <laughs> I mean, not as funny as the crowd is reacting to them. Oh, and... for sure. I love Lockley because she's the only sane person in this room when Penn and Teller yeah. are telling their jokes. And she just looks mm. like, what is going on? And Sheridan is such a fucking asshole here. <laughs> is he? <laughs> He's just... Can you imagine looking at your ex-wife and going, hey, this is something you're going to tell your kids about? Knowing she oh. doesn't have any, oh, I can you about imagine that doing that right in there. real yeah. life? Ugh. Like fucking really, <laughs> fucking really. You know, me twenty years ago probably has said things like that, like 
well, who am I kidding? Me now probably still says shit like that. Yeah, we all stick. Our, <laughs> we all stick the old yeah. foot in the mouth a little bit, but I think Sheridan should be a little bit more self-aware in this situation. <laughs> I, I do remember my mother told me one piece of advice. I always remember my entire life. She told me when I was very young, a closed mouth gathers no foot. I wish That's I had good. learned that. I wish. I, maybe that needs to be Still my 2024 haven't. mantra. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at this point, I think my only exposure to Penn and Teller when this aired was the movie Penn and Teller Get Killed, which is a really fucked up movie. Have you guys I seen it? Do not know this movie. I do not know this movie. I famously remember it because after I watched it, I remember my parents wouldn't let me watch it again. So <laughs> it has got some serious dark humor in, in there. I, that, that, that's a great one. I'm going to have to rewatch that because that's got some dark humor in it. <laughs> I'm going to have to report back next this. time you're on. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And also, what is that scroll that Sheridan hands them? He says he's giving them the, the freedom. The freedom of Babylon 5. I'm guessing that mean... that's a Babylon 5 award. <laughs> I'm taking this to mean that they can come and go as they please and all their drinks and food are on the house. <laughs> yeah. It's like a key to the city, a key to yeah. the station, as it were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have keys on this station, though. That would be... No, that's too secure for Garibaldi. They have plenty of paper, apparently. They gave him a scroll, which, yeah. again, how do, how the hell do they get paper in space? Paper! Have you ever seen paper? So she leaves after getting shit on by her ex-husband. <laughs> Rightfully so. She go she goes and finds a meeting to attend. Oh, and no, she said she had to meet with the Brakiri ambassador. The Brakiri, who were just waiting in her office. I noticed that that uh, Jakar, in the background who is laughing, who is loving Rebo and Zudi, suddenly he overheard her saying she has to meet with the Brakiri. He got this ominous look on his face. Oh, he I didn't just, even oh, catch He that. was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, did, it was it was good. He like was putting two and two together. He's like, wait a minute. What day is today? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much with Jakar in the cut of this. If you remember back in season one, the episode where he was going to be assassinated mm-hmm. and... They're at the Mimbari ceremony that's not a wedding is a wedding. And they like give like food to everyone. Oh yeah. He trades food with Ivanova in the background. They never say anything. It just happens completely off like you see it in the corner of the screen. Mm. Shit like that. Love this show. I love how superstitious Jakar is. That's just oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And for someone who takes so many precautions about being superstitious, Jesus, dude, this guy's had a lot of bad luck. Indeed. Yeah. So Lockley asked the Brakiri ambassador what everyone is wondering. Why is mm-hmm. the Day of the Dead at night? <laughs> Nocturnal. Yeah. It's a translation issue. Oh, okay. But Jakar, Jakar busts in like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it just me, or is this whole episode, Jakar doth protest too much? <laughs> <laughs> like really yeah luckily does not give a shit though no vis-a-vis. not one she's thought. doing a diplomacy she can't be interrupted and not by this mm-hmm. guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i assume you're familiar with the thing that i know you wrote that says that we're supposed to do stuff like this <laughs> yeah not this one yeah uh we see uh garibaldi enter his brakiri homeworlded quarters <laughs> Rebo and Zudi go to Dylan and Sheridan's for dinner, and Zudi tells a very funny Mimbari joke, which makes no sense to us and is not explained. Yeah. I love it. Still I, cute. I just absolutely yeah. love it that, that this is the first time we see Dylan laugh hysterically. And just the concept of studying another alien culture's humor is just fascinating to me. I still I love yeah. stuff like that. It adds so much depth to the whole world building. I get it. And yeah. you, it totally fits too, because majority think it's hilarious when you fail to achieve religious enlightenment or spiritual enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Mimbari. I bet the Mimbari <laughs> love a, a good pun. They're they're all about puns, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody gets hurt in a pun. And and Lanier, since Lanier was familiar with Rebo and Zudi, mm-hmm, man, mm-hmm. Th- it makes me wonder what Mimbari focused movies or whatever did Rebo and Zudi do in this universe? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, guys, I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit here, that Penn 
and I had the same hairdo in the 90s. <laughs> that whole like Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> oh, I don't have any of those left, buddy. Like that whole curly hair, but like chopped off at one length. Mm-hmm. You brushed it a little too much, and now it's just like poof out to the side. Like, man, nice. That was before yeah. I learned how to take care of my hair. And uh, <laughs> Pendulette and I were rocking the same do. I used to have hair down to my shoulders in college for a while. Mm-hmm. Same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have also systematically removed all photographic evidence of such. <laughs> this is actually the longest my hair has been in over, gosh, two decades. So this is a big deal for well, me. Well, you I, did have a work reason. For- yeah. yeah, I own a hairbrush now. Dude, I haven't over- owned a hairbrush in over 20 years. So that's um, <laughs> This is a big deal for me. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sheridan really wants to hear Teller's voice, but uh, it's not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's Teller. This is still, like, deep mm-hmm. in the Teller doesn't talk mythos. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he talks in that movie I referenced. Does he? Yeah. Well, now you we actually all hear have his actual it. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Lanier's meditating in his quarters. With his old triangle rug. <laughs> mm. We know Mimbari's love Mimbari. their triangles. Yeah. yeah. They do. Well, I mean, it's the three, right? The three who are one, that's a triangle. Yeah. Do do we think Pythagoras was a Mimbari? Like the same. Could be a Mimbari soul. I'll hear out a fan theory. (laughs) Lockley clearly doesn't have any streaming subscriptions. She's stuck with the on air Rebo and Zooty marathons. I love that every channel is showing. Like the first time it's like Rebo and Zuni Marathon and she like indignantly walks out to change the channel before she like (laughs) goes in her shower and then just keeps flipping and until she gives up. (sighs) Yeah. She has such a bad day. Jakar is absolutely unhinged too. This episode was also the first episode I think that I actually started to like Captain Lockley's character. Because yeah. up until this point, to me anyway, it just felt like she was a very obviously cast just to fill the role that Ivanova left. I had and the sa- I said these same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just she's like she's no Ivanova. I mean, she's okay. She's a decent character, mm-hmm. but it's just I felt like I was missing Ivanova, and she just didn't. But in this episode, like I, I start to empathize with her a little more, and I, I think it's yeah. because that I do the same thing she does, even though. Like she left Zrebo and Zudi on in the background while she was doing work. Like I'm the same way. I can't concentrate mm-hmm. in silence. I have to have something on. It's like, so she just left it on the least offensive channel that yeah, she yeah. could find just to have some background same, noise. I'm like, same. I'm with you, girl. I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we all relate to Corwin a little bit as he's like YouTubing these hat tricks, trying to figure I, out how to do them on his night shift when, you know, no one else is around? <laughs> I remember as a yeah. kid, asking my mother to buy me a hat like that so I could practice thing after seeing this episode <laughs> and getting made fun of at school because I was like, was like what the hell are you doing there, thing. dude? Stop it. Oh, so she did buy the hat. Good on mom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like a little dollar store plastic sure, hat. I remember. Yeah. I remember because I broke it Something. trying to do the trick. So. so supportive though. Can we like the decision Jakar makes to go to CNC? <laughs> Do you think it's because he wanted the attention because he's a dramatic bitch? (laughs) Or do you think it's because he knew Corwin was there and he's a fucking pushover? Ooh, good question. That's a good point. It could be both. (laughs) Yeah. Why not both? Yeah. I think I would have assumed that it was for like some kind of superstitious reason. Like he wanted to be at the farthest end away from the, away from it. Mm -hmm. Or actually now that I'm thinking of it, Babylon 5, we know it has motels uh, that you can rent. Maybe your car knows it has brothels. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was you just to pay being for a those cheap... places. Yeah. Yeah. He was just free. being a cheap bastard and was like, I'm going to go sleep on the floor. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I can get a good nap in when it's really busy around me. Like all that little yeah. like, like, white noise. Mm, so good. He's like, Ivanova's gone. I can do whatever I want in CNC now. <laughs> for sure. Anyone can go anywhere at any time for any reason on Babylon yeah. 5. Night falls on the station, uh, which means it's also night on Brakiri, I guess. Um, sure. I'm not going to think about it too much. Now I'm wondering uh, if Brakiri is tidally locked. 
Like, because it's always night somewhere on a planet, unless maybe it, yeah. Rikiri doesn't do that. I don't know. Oh. Or Rikir. And is this when the comet, the, the exact time the comet's passing? Or is this when the comet's passing according to the light traveling to the station? Because they've also oh, they've done, done that, that gag yeah. on this show before. Mm. So it doesn't matter. None of that matters. This it's is Neil Gaiman writing. He just he doesn't have to explain any of this shit. Yep. <laughs> Main power goes out in the now Brakiri owned chunk of the station, leaving everything in emergency lighting red, which of course we all know was Pantone's color of the year, 2263. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is that what it was? Because I I thought it was the weird comet magic bringing in the red light so the lights go out and then red lights come on (laughs) and any other time we've lost power we've had those red lights of dramatic intrigue you know okay you know there yeah there what like when jakar and londo were in the elevator that was all fucked and it just had the emergency lighting now it's that same red sure true 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 i'm sorry i keep asking all these dumb questions no (laughs) no 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 such thing no not in this episode either yeah no not in this episode we get a the dead live fake out of Londo talking to a painting of the first emperor. He's talking to him like, oh, well, you beat the the those other the races Zond. that were on our planet, the Zon and stuff. But the painting looks like Cartagia. Thank you. Yes, I was thinking but the same thing. Also, Cartagia said he was bringing back the hairstyle of the old emperors. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. So it might be an actual painting of the first emperor that's also just a painting of Cartagia that they reused and maybe fucked with the chin a little or something. Yeah. (laughs) I love that he's got this painting just sitting on his couch to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Just speaking of unhinged, like everybody in this episode (laughs) does something weird. Yeah. Do you think he got it off the wall and sat it on the couch and like poured it a drink and like <laughs> got ready for this? That I could see that. Yeah. That'd be kind of a Londo thing to do. He probably has a collection yeah. of paintings that he just owns. You know, he got at auction or whatever. I could see him doing that. <laughs> and talks to whenever he's feeling yeah. lonely, which is probably a lot. <laughs> but yeah, we get the fake out and then uh, Londo's visitor arrives. It's Adira. And it's time for a sexy visit. (laughs) Speaking of a sexy visit, Garibaldi gets woken up by Dodger in the shower. And he he gets woken up and immediately reaches for the PPG under his pillow. Because, of course, Garibaldi sleeps with a PPG under his pillow. Of course he does. Mm -hmm. I know the type. It's my dad. Anyways... (laughs) She gives him shit for getting old, and it's like, it's been three years. No, you, she doesn't mean old. Old is coded for bald here, guys. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's right. He did have hair Fair. the last time uh, she saw him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a code word here. And then Zoe appears to Lockley. Uh, we learn it's been 20 years since her ambiguously drug-related death. Mm-hmm. But they were just roommates, guys. They're just roommates who had a lot of fun together. What? Wait, what? I thought so. I thought Zoe was her sister. No, no, they are. They are definitely not related. What? Yeah. No. Hang on. No, no, no. To the wiki. <laughs> I could have no, sworn. because because she's she says stuff like I was hiding from my dad, right. not our dad. Oh gosh, not related. And two. I am using the ambiguous historian term yeah. for when women who are sexually li- and romantically linked live together mm-hmm. of they're just roommates uh, because there's some heavy implications about Lockley and Zoe's past. Well, that here. changes everything. Holy shit. I thought up until for the past 30 years, I thought that was her <laughs> little sister. I blame my sheltered Mormon upbringing. Uh, because for giving me a terrible, I'm, I'm not. I, I ditched all that when I was like a teenager, and no, I haven't been. But yeah, I my gaydar is horrible. <laughs> it is terrible, dude. I can't ever tell. Like seriously, uh, for long, for the longest time, I thought Garrick and Bashir were just friends. <laughs> so... I mean, I think we can be forgiven nope. for like 
having the ch- the child blinders on, you know, when we Oh, watched- yeah, when yeah. You, when you were a kid, yeah. Yeah, and Forgiven, then, you know, sure. when you watch again, you still got the child blinders a little bit cuz you want to have the nostalgia. You don't want to take mm-hmm. the blinders totally down cuz then you might not enjoy the show anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like watched this scene and paused at a certain point where she was saying where she's like, "But we had a lot of fun together, right?" And then just she says it again. And the way I like paused and the way she was looking at Lockley, it's just all like, oh, yeah, they were roommates. <laughs> I can't believe it. Wow. It's just for sure. such a no crazy realization I'm having right now. <laughs> that changes the entire context of it. <laughs> and it makes me like Lockley's character even better. <laughs> it's yeah. also super fucked that her password is Zoe's dead. That is very fucked. I know that's in a couple of minutes of yeah. the episode. But it's so fucked. Mm-hmm. It's it is so incredibly fucked. Ugh. Uh, meanwhile, Rebo and Zudi are just eating and not waiting like four days. So I guess Sheridan cooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would seem so. Uh, we get some lines. Uh, both Zoe and Dodger don't believe in ghosts. Lol. Lol. <laughs> Dodger recalls the knowledge arcane. I think the truth is, if we're being perfectly honest, that the Yellow Rose of Texas can be recited to Emily Dickinson, not the other way around. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always heard that it was you could sing any Emily Dickinson poem to the tune of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> is that also <laughs> true? <laughs> I should have prepped that for you. I'm very sorry that I didn't. But listener, give it a try. <laughs> no- yeah, I will. I'm gonna, I have to listen to Gilligan's Island theme because it's been a very long time, but I will be investigating after we're done recording. <laughs> Report back, please. Dodger's mostly just horny on Maine, though. That Must tracks. be lonely in the afterlife. It's kind of sucks because, man, she's Garibaldi. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's lusting for. Okay. She could have visited anyone in the... Well, actually, I guess not. I guess she couldn't no. visit anyone. Yeah. No, she can visit any Burkiri. Yeah. So yeah, I guess okay. Garibaldi well, might be okay then. All right. He would be the best available choice other than some random ass Bakiri dude. So yeah, yeah. or lady. Maybe some, have we maybe. ever seen a Bakiri lady? I don't think we've ever seen a, we have, a yeah. girl Bakiri. Yeah. Huh. Are they a gender? I was going to say. That we, would be cool. We might not know. That would be Could interesting. they be three yeah. genders? Four. Let's just make it yeah. a party. They lay yeah. eggs. That's my headcanon right now. Right. <laughs> and Dorians have four genders. <laughs> I love the Andorians. All right. Well, uh, Sheridan goes to the border of the missing station chunk. And is I'm just like, <laughs> why didn't security do this immediately? Why doesn't Corwin have security do this before he calls Sheridan? Why do we throw a, a pipe? Yeah. Why do we not try to like touch it? And instead we throw a pipe. <laughs> the only thing that could have made this scene better mm. is if he had taken his shoe off, thrown it, and then got hit in the head with his own shoe. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. That'd be great. Yeah. That would have been the funniest thing that happens in the episode with Penn and Teller. (laughs) Mr. Morden comes for Lanier, and Ed Wasser reminds us that he's just a fucking treasure. Mm, He really is. So good, yeah. This is the point that I wanted to, my big point for this episode, because this is probably my favorite episode of season five, or one of them, but Mm -hmm. it, it irritates me that Morden came back to visit Lanier. Yeah. As far as I know, they never even met on screen or shared any dialogue on screen previously. We don't know the circumstances here. We don't we know that it's someone who has an impact to be made during the visit. Because mm, okay. Jakar says that everyone who was visited seems more at peace. Mm. So it has to be someone I don't think it necessarily needs to be someone that you have a deep personal connection with it might not be the person you wish to see and you might not be the person that they would as the dead person like i don't think the dead people are choosing either i think it is cosmic alignment that brings people together to get them to where they need to be in the future that is a is kind of the implication that's a very good way of fixing it jaffer i guess say that. yeah. that's a Take very it, good neil it's yours that's a very good rationalization for it uh yeah I got to say, I specifically requested to to be uh, guest hosting on this episode because I have so many thoughts about this. And 
I felt like in a perfect world where it where Victor goes back in time and he's directing this episode. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I would have done, what I would have loved to have seen is Marcus visiting Lanier. Yeah, and I think we talked about I've, this in Yum Yum, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but call it us just, yours. Tell us yours. Well, yeah, it just makes so much more sense. You know, they're both rangers. They're both uh, are dealing with unrequited love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he could have given him a much better perspective on, you know, you know, Lanier, Delenn doesn't love you. <laughs> She's <laughs> never going to love you. You need to move on. It's a big universe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that just would have made more sense to me. And I would have loved to have seen one more interaction with Mr. Morden and Londo. Mm-hmm. Because, and as, you know, as wonderful it is to see the beautiful year. Oh, Revere would have been great. Veer's not in this. Yeah, he's not in this episode. Yeah, we don't know where yeah. he's at in this one, but either of them would at, be really good, right? Yeah. As so, lovely as it is to see Lady Adira again, um, I really feel like Morden coming back to haunt him one more time. Or another thing I thought of was that Adira is there for half the night, and then after Londo falls asleep after their little night of lust, he wakes up and it's Morden sitting there <laughs> at the edge of the bed saying, hello, old friend. Like, that's what I would have loved to have seen. So I asked on the Discord what other people's opinions were. And we did get a handful of answers in. So I'm going to mention Go some it. of those yeah, real quick. <laughs> yum, yum. Ryan wants to know where Kiefer's at. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Since he's very dead. Sure. Of which Ben, our co-host on Last Time on Vic, said in everyone else's rooms winky face <laughs> uh, let's see here we've got a uh Shellac wants us to bring back emperor Turan. yeah oh that would have been nice and, and yeah. also mentions uh sinclair since he's been very dead uh also uh sheridan could have been interacting with himself <laughs> that would have uh, been hilarious <laughs> which is leading into what i would pitch for this and I think I brought this up on our episode with Yum Yum. If I didn't, I meant to. Um, but it's uh, Sheridan interacts with Anna before she went to Zaha, or like Ooh. as she died, because uh, you, you die on Zaha Doom, right? Right. So, so he yeah. interacts with uncorrupt, shadow corrupted Anna. Yeah, they get some closure. That would be really cool. And, and get yeah. some closure. And then Delenn interacts with John as he was getting to like Zaha Doom, because you die oh. when you hit Zaha Doom, right? Yeah. And so she gets to deal with pre-death, pre-end of Shadow War John and look at how much he's grown as a person, too. And it's also John, like, in the moment of crisis of what am I going to do with Anna and Delenn now? And so (laughs) that could and she didn't really get a chance to interact with him because he just fucking pieces because it's like, I'm going to go nuke the shadows. Sorry. So it's a chance for her to interact with him, which she missed. That would have been interesting. Delenn could have been like, why did you never tell me about your other Mm -hmm. (laughs) ex-wife? Who is now the commander of the space station. (laughs) Yeah. We've got a couple more warp stone through a bunch of rapid fire ones at us in the discord. Um, Ivanova is visited by a pre-control Talia. Yeah. Oh, dude, that would have been so awesome. Or her mother. Zach is visited by Julie Mustaine, who was the Nightwatch rep, if memory serves. The blonde one that was Trent, like from the Ministry of Truth or something. Okay. Uh, Sheridan is visited by President Clark. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Uh, Veer by Emperor Cartagia. Okay. And Franklin by his dad, who died fighting on the other side of the civil war. I don't know if that is hmm. conjecture or expanded universe or something that I missed. That'd yeah. be interesting. Could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I loved his dad's character. I've got one for Zach. Yeah. I want to see Negrath. Bring Negrath back. I mean, I will take any excuse to bring back my favorite paying mantis. <laughs> 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 Zach just we just get like a scene of Negrath showing up at Zach's quarters and him like rolling his eyes. Like, yeah, that's all I need. That's Just, all I that's need. That's all that. you need. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Franklin wasn't even in this episode either, was he? Wow. I no. don't know. He wasn't. Yeah. Huh. 
Franklin gone, Veer gone. Wow. We don't interact with any of the telepaths this episode. Thank God. Sorry. Franklin. I think it could have been interesting if Kosh visited Lita, Kosh won. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then passed nice along too. the message to Sheridan that way. Oh, Although yeah. it is good at the end of the episode the way Lockley does it. But that, that is good. interesting. It does seem rather random that Kosh would pick Lockley. Yeah. Or he just needs Zoe. to get the message. Yeah. yeah. Kosh just grabbed whoever happened to be passing by in the spirit realm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sheridan tries to get answers while Morden taunts Lanier. He is going to betray the Anla Shock. Yikes. He's going to betray them yeah. Rangers. <laughs> Lockley tries to piece everything together. Zoe, for some reason, knows that she's on the Verkiri homeworld. I thought that was a little strange. She, Because according to... They dialogue. all understand that they're dead, uh-huh. so yeah. they might understand the circumstances of their... They might not, like, get why or how, but they might know that, oh, well, this is Verkiri stuff, of course. Maybe Kosh mm. told her on her way. <laughs> I mean, That's what true. happened. <laughs> Those guys know a lot, yeah. This is where we hear Lockley's awkward fucking password. Also, not very secure, just for everyone looking for me to say that out loud. Yeah. Uh it is a passphrase. It's a very short passphrase, but you need you need a little bit more. You gotta throw in some special characters. Give us mm. some of them, like capital or, yeah, yeah, lowercase. Zoe's dead in tarot bang. It's <laughs> like you just get in there with something. Yeah, that was a very <laughs> weird choice. They they could have just left it as her name, but God, Zoe's dead. That's creepy. <laughs> It's so fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like, you have to say that out loud every time. <laughs> In front of other people, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. am I, should, I, should I offer condolences? Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do here? Ugh. It's terrible. Uh, she hits up Alfredo and asks for a minor miracle <laughs> in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is why you always lie about how much time something actually takes to your boss. Oh, you didn't tell him how long it would really take, did you? True. Legit. <laughs> legit. I, like, took that to my work, like, in my brain. When I oh, went yes. into my career, I was like, Scotty told me mm-hmm. this way. Under promise, over deliver. My previous boss would legit just call it Scottying people. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, like, you've got to. <laughs> mm-hmm. my previous boss would do the opposite he oh, would no. tell our boss how long it would take and would then come back to me and be like hey we need to get this done in two hours i'm like this is a six hour job what is wrong with you <laughs> anyway speaking of which uh, if i just may say uh, alfredo mm-hmm. i've been meaning to ask about this because i know that's, that's garibaldi's middle name mm-hmm. oh it is yeah, oh, yeah okay. he's michael alfredo was... garibaldi okay that makes more sense yeah yeah, you know, listening, catching up on the previous episodes of of Who Are You, I love you guys. I, I love when you trash Garibaldi <laughs> because, <laughs> because you know, growing up, he deserves I, it. I loved his I loved his character, and I still do. But I, I realize now that I, I loved his character. I hate him as a person because mm-hmm. I've worked with Garibaldis before. Like I've met Garibaldis; they're terrible people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not fun for they're sure. Not fun, but it's fun to see him on screen. It's it's kind of like the same way I feel about Khan. From Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Amazing mm-hmm. villain. Love him. But God, it would really suck if he was a real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be sure. Yeah. Londo cares not for Lockley's emergency broadcast. And Adira puts a clock on the evening. This will end soon. And she's gone when it does. Garibaldi hacks the phones even faster than asked. And then tells her immediately, you fucking amateur. <laughs> 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 yeah. Rebo and Zudi tell Delenn and Sheridan they're giving up comedy for politics. This is a bit, right? This is one of those straight-faced bits. This has to be a (laughs) straight-faced bit. We just want to do something really important, like politics. (laughs) Yeah, I I liked their speech of... I I, I loved how Sheridan said during the Clark administration how no other news outlet would dare say the things they said on their show. And he's like, well, no one takes comedians seriously. And I was like, wow, this is pre-John Stewart. This yeah. era. <laughs> yeah. I was I wrote something about boy, some things have changed in the last thirty years. Yeah, yeah this is before John Oliver has won journalism awards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
they're definitely making jokes about clowns in the Senate, right? Here, mm-hmm. even though yeah. they're saying everything with a straight face. It's Yeah. 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 Politicians are the comedians, but they're just not funny. And this is full on Pendulette in his libertarian era, mm. lest we forget. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he dial that back? Didn't I discover that for Yum Yum yes. Pod? I think I did. Yes, yeah. he did. Lockley uh, talks to Sheridan briefly, who schedules an 8 a.m. meeting at like 4 a.m. You fucking asshole. Oh, <laughs> you are the worst person. Speaking of people I've worked with, <laughs> the types that I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. What was wrong with you? Yeah. Well, I suppose it is. The I'm military, up and working, right? so you should be up and working. Uh-huh. Yep. We do learn that he did get through to the Bracuri homeworld, though, because he's just all like, "Oh, yeah, that's what the Bracuri homeworld told me. Everything's gonna be fine, guys." <laughs> it's all like you didn't want to mention that before earlier <laughs> <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. Maybe. Also, I... how does? Well, I guess it makes sense. But if he could get through to the Bracuri homeworld with ease mm-hmm. then and that's where the station is yeah then how come he couldn't wouldn't he just the station yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's a lot of mental gymnastics to figure make this happen here it's a fun episode i mean i mean it's just the premise of it that the Bracuri said we must buy it we can't rent it because then we don't own it but we'll give it back tomorrow i'm like my dude how is that not renting? Because <laughs> they might not. <laughs> we like owning this part of the station. We're going to kick everyone out. Yeah. The sun rises and the dead leave. Morden's just like, bye, nerd. Oh, but I, I, I did love the part when Garibaldi or when Lockley called down to Garibaldi's quarters and Dodger immediately jumps to attention and reports, <laughs> killed in action, sir. <laughs> I was gonna say I've known Marines. That is totally what a Marine would do. Ah, <laughs> like, dude, she probably has a USMC tattoo on her bicep. <laughs> yeah, she spit some crayons out to get that out of. Uh, I know the jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dodger is like shit's weird. I don't know. Bye. Zoe's like, oh, by the way, I did kill myself. Sorry. Also, Kosh says this thing. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Kosh? Who's Kosh? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sheridan and Lockley discuss. A little mystery isn't all that bad, she says. No one got hurt. Honestly, like, as far as weird shit goes in space, this yeah. was pretty harmless. It made for a good hour of television, don't you think, John? <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Kosh says this thing. What was and the he's message just that he shook? Gave when the, it when was the a, long night. It was night a cosh ends. riddle, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very cosh like. Return when to the, the end of the night ends, returned. Yeah, return to the end of the beginning. Yeah. Fucking Vorlons. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, It'll make sense mm-hmm. at the end of the season. <laughs> it does It does make sense at the end of the season, yeah. That's, uh, you can count on that one. Uh, Wando is now laughing at Rebo and Zudi despite having defamed them for five seasons of television up until this point. (laughs) He's been I guess he just was really pent up. Zoot, zoot. (laughs) Zooty whispers in Sheridan's ear because it tells me to, answering Penn's thing where he's like, well, the only word I've ever heard him say is why. So, why? Because it tells me to. Oh, I forgot to mention that part that uh, according to our other podcast, our last time on canon, that in, in that scene, Sheridan was committing a vaudeville war crime <laughs> with, with Penn there. That uh, It was all just like, so what did you say? Why? Because I want to know. No, why? That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is our episode. Now, at the end there, when Zudi talks to Sheridan when you guys first saw this episode tell me I'm not the only one who thought Zudi was a shadow agent I definitely feel like <laughs> there's something about Zudi that ain't it right was so, yeah, you I think was that so little weird. statue is yes. some shadow technology I, I, I thought I thought King that there him. was an un, unfinished plot line where Zudi that little thing was actually one of the Drock keeper devices well I mean, (laughs) why is the third question, right? We have, who are you? We have, what do you want? We have, why are you here? I think was the the emperor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, why? Oh, man. So (laughs) something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. 
there there were I, I've been meaning to put this up on a poll on um, Dominion Media Television to because I, it, Babylon Five it just it left I felt like they were purposely creating threads that they could pull on for possible spinoff series in the final season. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wanted to put up a, a poll for like what unproduced spinoff would you have liked to seen? Because unfortunately all we got was legend of the Rangers and thank God that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking that um, one of the ideas I had was like a, a Jakar and Lita explore the universe spinoff series because you know, at the That's end they potential, they go yeah, off. They, they go off at the end. Yeah. And, oh, man, I had some other ideas. I should have written them down for this show, but they were really good uh, ideas. <laughs> well, you've got time, Vic, because I don't know if you remember, but you requested to be penciled in for when we watched the Crusade premiere, I think it was. Yeah, that one and Call to Arms. Oh, Call to Arms. Yeah. Yeah. So we can talk about it then. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I have many thoughts on Call to year. Arms. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. So, All right. Let's hear it. If there was some kind of mysterious ritual thing like this that only happens every 200 years that you don't know much about but it's supposed to be a grand mystical experience would you jacar and try to duck it or are you going to embrace it and go to your quarters I'm, I'm in I'd dive in most yeah, definitely I've, w- one of my retirement goals is I want to try to uh, do my own amateur ghost hunter thing. Sure. Like I, I want to go to a, a band and play like that stuff has always fascinated me. Like I don't, I've never, I, I'm, I'm rational to the point where like, I'm like, okay, uh, ghosts don't exist. Uh, paranormal stuff. It's all crap, but I want to believe I want yeah. to find a freaking poltergeist. Even if I just like get scared shitless and have a heart attack, it's, it's if I have that experience, I would be so happy, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I would totally be down. I would dive in head first. <laughs> I honestly don't think Jakar really would have ducked it, but yeah. Well, I, I think he would have ducked I it think... because he believes. Like, he's a very much a believer. And he is like, oh, hell no. You know, <laughs> I, got, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> all, all it would have taken for me to buy Jakar's attitude this whole episode is for a line of like, oh, no, uh, Jaquan had a line. Like, Jaquan warned us about this thing. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, said it is not for Narns. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, then I would just thought, oh, of course, Jakar's not going to do it then. Yeah. But he, he regrets it there at the end. He does. Man, it would make for a good what if, like if Jakar actually had stayed in those quarters, I imagine it would have been packed with a ton of dead Nars. He knows a lot of dead people, doesn't he? <laughs> it would have just been his dad. Yeah. I think his dad would have been there too. Yeah. Or Kosh is the other answer. And Kosh comes clean on the, hey, like, I, sorry, I fucked with you. Uh, but look at all the good it's done. Yeah. <laughs> and that could be an interesting turn for Jakar's character. Yeah, like a spiritual crisis. Yeah. Um, But maybe you just don't want to fuck with Jakar that much, too. You need someone to be a little bit of comic relief, I guess, besides (laughs) Penn and Teller and everyone else in this fucking episode. Jakar's Jakar's eyeball visits him. (laughs) (laughs) This All right. Well, with all that said, I believe it's time to rate an episode. Yeah. On our patented scale, Babylon's one to five. Who wants to go first? Well, Victor is our guest. (laughs) That's true. You know, I I love this episode. I've watched it many times, even just preparing for this podcast, and I enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. It's different. It's unique. And it's a very welcome break from that freaking telepath arc that, <laughs> that we're in the middle of I is oh man it's so bad yeah. I, I had discussions about this and i wish i would have found it it was a while back in the uh babylon 5 spoo posting group i i made a joke i made a little meme where delenn you guys remember in the in one of the i think it was the first or second season where there was the human telepath girl on the run from the psych mm-hmm. war yeah and she seeks asylum on Mimbar at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a little meme I made of Delenn giving her a thumbs up 
saying, yeah, sure, come to Mimbar, we'll shelter you. And then Byron, she's always like, no, <laughs> go away. Because <laughs> it just, it made no sense that these telepaths have such a hard time finding a new home. It's very nonsensical. And mm -hmm. uh, some other, some other of my fans there uh, chimed in and saying, it's like, well, it's, it's not really, it's not the point telling the story about these disenfranchised people. And I'm like, I understand that. I understand the point, but it's for this medium and this audience. It really doesn't work for a, a sci-fi audience who are sci-fi nerds. We love the details and to just hand wave that detail about be like, it's nonsensical that the telepaths would find themselves in this situation, especially considering there's a freaking planet right below the station where they could all hide out. <laughs> well, you know, draw the protective, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you can probably convince Drawl to yeah. hang out with actually I'm gonna say that uh, last time on <laughs> that that the telepaths were offered asylum by Drawl, but they all couldn't stand Zathras and Zathras's and they're like, hell no, give us a better plan. No, we're not going down to live there. The, the <laughs> thoughts going around Zathras and the Zathrai. There's gotta be so many loud thoughts, right? Oh my god, yeah. yeah. They couldn't they, take the it. telepaths, they can't sleep down there. They're just like Zathras, shut up. No, not Zathras. I said Zathras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Javer, how do you feel about this episode? I do really enjoy this episode. If I didn't give that impression, listener, uh, I apologize. <laughs> I I love gimmicky bullshit. Sure. Um <laughs> when it's well done. I'm a simp for Neil Gaiman. Is that the right? I don't know the slang <laughs> that these works. days. Yeah. Um, so like it's yeah, I'm just I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. I don't give a fuck. I enjoy this episode a ton. It's fun to bring back characters that we didn't think were ever going to be brought back. You know, just also we get Ed Wasser and yeah. he's just a fucking joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and give it. Babylon four out of five. Well, I'm just gonna go for gold, guys, and I'm giving it the five <laughs> out of five. I do love Whoa. it. I think right. that blah, 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 blah. I think that <laughs> when we did this with Yum Yum Pod, I think I was a little more down on it and like, what? I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. remember loving it. I don't know that I love it now. Every scene, something like totally unhinged happens, and I'm here for it. I'm really very this is memorable. The year yeah. as well that I'm just going to be unhinged, and I'm just going to do these wacky <laughs> things that these people are doing, and I love it. Also, yes, Neil Gaiman's writing. I can accept a lot of hand waving from him. It was fun mm -hmm. the whole time. If it's fun, I'll put up with a lot. So most definitely, yeah, and I love it. I forgot to mention for mine another reason I love this episode is that the actress who plays Dodger. Also, it was in my very favorite episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Starship Mine, which was Die Hard in Space. Oh, yes. Yeah. She was the leader of the terrorist group that was trying to hijack the Enterprise or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very different character and was very awesome. Yum Yum does a bit where they talk about a guest actor or actress and talk about their career. Mm -hmm. And it was Dodger for that yeah. episode. Oh, awesome. Because I'm guessing in Grow Post they talked about Franklin's dad. Sure. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, no, we we discussed that there too. And also, someone had gosh, I wish I would have written down who said it, but um, someone in the Dominion Media community had pointed out that Garibaldi's got that Dodger hat trick. <laughs> like he's a fan of the Dodgers. He hooked up with Dodger, and he's got Duck Dodgers as his. <laughs> Yeah, I never caught that. That's so silly. Also, hey, did he like not mention at all to her that he was married to Lise? Like, I think she talked. He talked about the Lise a little bit, but they did. Oh, okay. Yeah, they talked about it. Yeah, I love how yeah. he's been married to her this whole time, but she's not on Babylon Five, and he doesn't talk about her. <laughs> yeah, but Lise. Who's that girl? Please. Well, this was a great time. I had a great time. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. And it'll be a great time next week or not. Uh, <laughs> we've got season five, episode nine, In the Kingdom of the Blind. Mm -hmm. Byron and the other telepaths seek a homeworld of their own. On Centauri Prime, Lando's friend is murdered and is afraid for his own life. More assassination yep. plots in season five. Just got to get them in. Yep. The return of the telepath telepath arc 
We yeah, had listeners, you didn't see this back him. home, but as, as soon as Jaffer mentioned it, his dog walked out of the room. Even the dog doesn't like the telepath art. <laughs> like, nope, nope, nope. Indeed. All right. Well, with all that said, we just have to say thank you. Thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our lovely theme music. We really appreciate you. You can find Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com and on all your streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And thank you to Angry Deck Time Machine from Instagram for our podcast artwork. And thank you to Aaron for editing your podcast, because uh, as I'm a podcast newbie, I've started editing episodes myself. I can definitely appreciate what a chore it can be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And hey, Vic, you didn't plug a thing. Oh. You can listen to Victor and I and Ben, who is our other co-host on Last Time On, where we watch shows in a not a random order but we just skip a ton of episodes and we watched all breaking bad in like six episodes we're doing stargate sg1 right now with vic it's been a blast to have you on and vic where else can they find you uh, also find me on uh, facebook.com forward slash dominion media television if you're a fan of science fiction and dick jokes it's where you belong <laughs> the intersection of our fans surely <laughs> thank you to you the listener for being here with us today we had a great time. I hope you did, too. Great episode of Babylon 5 that we covered. If you want to talk more about it, you can email us at whoareyoub5 at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on our Discord. We'll see you next week, Internet. Bye. Bye.